0: Coming live from Canton, Ohio, USA is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Matt Bailey, digital marketing trainer and author. And he teaches digital marketing to the world's biggest brands and prestigious universities. Microsoft, Google, Hilton, Orange, Nationwide, PNG, Disney, and HP are just a few of his training clients. And his training curriculum is all used as Duke University, Rutgers University, Purdue University, University of South Florida, Full Sail University, and many others. Welcome to the show, Matt Bailey.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. It is a privilege to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Matt. And you, uh, the reason I gave all that introduction initially is so that people know why you are the right person to talk about phishing scams. You know, because you have a passion to teach digital and media literacy skills to businesses, students, and individuals. And you also present practical advice on how to deal with many of the digital issues we face today. And this is such a big issue phishing scams. How Absolutely. to start and avoid phishing scam. So let's straightway go to you about this and take your expertise and make our lives better, easier, and you know, so that we run don't run like headless chicken when this happens. So what exactly, uh, for the common audience, because many people not be aware, people they use online, what exactly is a phishing scam? A phishing scam is when you receive an email
1: or a text that pretends to be from somebody else, uh, whether it's a relative, somebody you know, and there is a link. Now, this can also be an email from uh, pretending to be from a bank or from somebody else. It's, it's really, you know, it, we call it phishing, but we spell it differently because <laughs> what it is is someone is putting out a lot of emails and texts and they're hoping that someone bites they're hoping that someone clicks that link because once you click that link, then it shows that they were successful. And, and then the next step is getting your passwords, getting money, getting things from you all through pretending to be somebody else. And so this is one of the uh, the, the downsides with the internet brings us so much, but there are also a lot of things we need to watch out for. And this is one of them. Right.
0: Right, Matt. So the natural question uh, anybody would want to ask is, who are these guys who are involved in phishing scam? Wow, it could be any number of
1: people. It it could be an individual. It could be a small organization. It can also be a state-sponsored. We might even call them a terrorist or a state-sponsored terrorism because The goal of it is to access data, is to access your bank accounts, is to uh, complete also to identity fraud. Uh, All of these give them access to money or give them access to systems through which they can act and take over computers, take over businesses. Uh, Ransomware comes through this as well, which completely dismantle a business. So who's behind it? You know, it could be any number of of groups, small
0: or large. Right, right. And then the natural question goes is, why is the email coming to me? Who am I? Why are they interested? I'm not even, I don't even know who I am. It's like, you know, John Doe, almost (laughs) like a John Doe.
1: There's a number of reasons for that. Number one, Um, and they can start, and and there's a number of levels to phishing. So the first one is a very general, uh, email that will go out to any email address they might have. So for example, I, every week I get an email telling me my American express card is going to be suspended. Now this is easy to spot because I don't have an American express card. So it's very easy to spot, but whoever is doing this, they don't care if I have one or not because they're sending out millions of emails, probably tens of millions of emails. And the people that do have an American Express card, they're the ones that they're going to think, oh no, I've got to do something. So that's, I would call it the entry level phishing. The next level of phishing they do have information about you and it's probably from a data hack. It's probably from uh, a company who was compromised and almost every major company around the world has had records compromised. And so through that, they know that you might bank with a particular institution, that you might have uh, a Facebook account or an Instagram account or something like that. And they may even have an old password And so that is a bit more of an intelligent, of a, uh, I would say a strategic approach, because the goal of phishing is to make you scared. It's to make you fearful that someone has access to your account, that you might get locked out of your bank, that you might lose something. And so phishing messages tend to be very forceful and emotional and taking something away from you. And the more information they reveal about who you are, what organization this is, especially if you have an account there or a past account number, the more susceptible it makes you to that that email or that message. And so there's a lot of levels to phishing that make it very easy to spot or very difficult.
0: Okay, okay. And then the question then comes, Is that how do they do it? Because they send me an email. It either goes to my junk box. It comes to my inbox. And I just see it. But then everybody just just don't see it. They just uh, anticipate some some jackpot. And that's where the problem begins. So how do they actually do it? Just because they have sent an email. Mm -hmm. So what? I will be in problem. How does it work? I'm asking this question because there are millions and billions right. of people who are using the internet, and a lot of people do not know beyond just opening their emails. Just that. Right. Oh, no, absolutely.
1: It's And, and that's the thing. I, I've been online now for over 30 years, and every once in a while, I'll still spot one that, wow, it's really, you know, it makes me think twice. Is this fishing or is it not? And so I know, I I wish I could bring this message to so many people because if I, as an internet veteran, have sometimes, I I catch one of these and I, wow, that's good. If I'm having trouble spotting it, then I know people that are new or don't have the experience, they're going to fall for it. And what happens is typically... Especially, I gave, I gave the American Express example. If you get this email, it looks official, and it tells you that you need to log into your account because there's a problem. And if you don't do it within 24 hours or something like that, then your American Express card will be locked out. You won't be able to use it. So what it is that there, there is a link in the email. And if you click that link, it takes you to a page that looks like It's American Express, but it has a a login information, your username and password. And what they're hoping is that you will attempt to log into your American Express account using your credentials. However, because it's not the American Express website, it's something that they have built to look like it. What you're doing is you are giving them your username and password. They're going to collect it. And now they have access to your account. And with that, they can purchase, they can take out money, they can do all kinds of things because now they have access to your account, your card. uh, And that's the beginning of identity theft, but also there's that financial aspect that they can steal from you uh, or pretend to be you using your American Express identification. So a common thread in phishing is number 1 if you don't act soon you'll get locked out that's the typical message the second is the link a link to take you somewhere else and then uh so those are those are the two common now on top of that uh it'll it'll they'll try to make it as legitimate as possible to look like it uh and so We'll talk about, I'm sure you'll have a question, how we can spot these things. But those are the two common elements that if you don't act, something will be taken away or you'll lose access and then a link to go do so. Uh, So those are the two primary elements of a phishing
0: email or a phishing scam. Right. And then the question comes is, firstly, you know, I'll come to another question. But before I forget, how did these guys get my email? It's a very basic question. but then sometimes basics are so important.
1: So there's a number of ways to get emails. Number one is if your email is published anywhere online, uh, they have programs that are called bots. And these are software programs that are written specifically to go online and literally look for emails that are published anywhere on any web pages uh, or the next level is uh, I, I believe it was Instagram had records compromised. Well, part of those records include your email address. And so they know it's a legitimate email address. And so they can they can scrape the internet looking for email addresses and just send it to everybody. They can purchase records on the dark web from companies whose records have been hacked. Uh, they can access all those and, and purchase them. That way they know it's a live email address Uh, those are the primary ways that they they access the email addresses.
0: Right, right. Now, the next question is, why should one be worried if he's getting mails like this, but he does not have a very strong uh, social standing? He does not have too much money in his bank account. He does not have too much of things that anybody can steal. And then there is another set of people where he said, there could be governments also involved, you know, those scamsters who need their info. But that's a different matter altogether. Uh, then, who are the other people who are more vulnerable? Is it because they they also know that they, these guys have money in their bank accounts? How do they distinguish between that, uh, or is it just like fishing? You just
1: try it out. You catch sometimes you catch big fish, and sometimes you catch small fish. Now. It depends also on what you're trying to do with the phishing. So one of the things that a phishing email can do, and you may say, you know, I don't have a lot of money. Why would they target me? Sometimes with that phishing email, when you click on it, or sometimes they will have an attachment, the attachment can be a, you know, it can say that it's a PDF or it's a web link or something. Never open the attachment, okay? Never (laughs) open. Uh, Because what that can do is it can install a program into your computer. It's called malware. And you may recognize this if your computer gets slower and slower and slower. It's because there are probably thousands of browser windows running in the background. Those browser windows are loading ads. And those ads... Now, because they're using your profile, what they're saying is an actual human has seen these ads. So a lot of this phishing can be tied in with the ad tech industry and ad fraud. And that's how they're making money by using your computer to view websites with thousands of ads on them. And they're refreshing every second. And that's what slows down your computer. But they're reporting that they're getting millions of ad views because they're using your computer to do it. So that's one method of phishing is to infect your computer and and really they can control it. Uh, and, And then they can use your computer to send out malware. They can send phishing messages to everyone in your contact book. So it replicates and it keeps going from there. So that's what happens sometimes to the small fish. The big fish, if it's a government, or a company, or something like that, well, they want to take over the network, and that's when ransomware comes in, where they will shut down the entire network, shut down all systems, and demand payment in order to get it back. That's happened to a number of companies. Uh, It's even happened to hospitals. It has happened to governments. It has happened. And usually, even when the ransom has been paid, What happens is they get their network back, but everything is gone. Records, settings, everything. It's a clean system and everything's still gone. So they don't get their their information back. Um, And so that's the danger of falling for phishing when you are working for a company or a government or anything like that, that there are far reaching implications if you fall for that.
0: Right, and especially nowadays when you are doing so much uh, working from home, where companies have, you know, opened their systems so that you can work from home uh, nicely. And if you click on different links that it can jeopardize even clients' information, general public's information. I don't know how they actually secure it. There must be some way of securing. But I guess it's the same computer if you are using, then anything is possible. Then my question here is here. uh, Matt, I sometimes get a lot of messages on SMS. Now, those are also similar to phishing, but uh, there you don't. There, is, there are links there also. There they say if your bank account will, uh, you know, will will go is gone and all in twenty four hours and all. But I don't have bank account except for one or two, so it doesn't. And maybe because I, I have come through a very different sort of. A background, journalism background. So your eyes and ears are a bit more open than a general person would always uh, want to. What are these? Are there, is it this extension of the same thing or mm-hmm. is it is it different? Oh, it's an extension
1: of the same thing. Uh, absolutely. If they have your number, they're going to spam it uh, through SMS. They're going to do it through any of the messaging services, anything like that. And, and the thing is they're going to pretend either to be an organization they're going to pretend to be a bank or a credit card or a relative. Now, here's the thing, um, and and I'm laughing. But I'm laughing. I'm going to pick this up and I'm going to show this. <laughs> uh, my bank still sends me paper. All right, and uh, still sends me paper. You know what that means? It means my bank will never contact me through SMS. <laughs> they won't do it. They're not. Uh, they're not able to do that. Now, I do have credit card protection, so whenever there's anything. From a credit card that looks suspicious, they're going to call me. And I know the number. They're going to leave a message. They're going to leave a code. And so I can call back. Now, usually when that happens, I still make them verify that they know who I am. And they make me verify. And and so when that happens, it's either going to be by phone, but your bank is not going to text you uh, an SMS. Now, if a relative texts you, tells you they need money and in order to get money you need to go to the store and buy gift cards that should tell you wait a minute and here's the thing make sure you've got the if that's the relative call them call their number okay anything you can if they tell you i can't contact you any other way be suspicious of anything anything that's not normal that that's the big key
0: (laughs) right Right. And now to the spotting and avoiding phishing scams. How does one exactly spot, uh, just as you say, spot on when you see it and you actually know it? And then what are the ways one can actually avoid it? It's very simple to just leave that as it is. But then, Mm -hmm. as you said, even sometimes you get are in double mind, whether that is a real male or so for general people, what are the things? Because. Most of them, they only have only one thing to protect them. And yes. that's, uh, that's their uh, security, internet security or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, beyond that, they don't, and several people don't even have that. So it's over to you. How do they save themselves from this difficult situation? Number one, look at the email address. Now,
1: okay. sometimes they'll have, you know, in the to and from, and they're going to play with that. But most times you can spot it because even though, for example, my American Express phishing email, the email that it's from is not an American Express email. Uh, We see this a lot. People will pretend there's something, but when you look at the actual email address, it's not from the company. And that will help you identify probably 90% of phishing is just look at that email address, do do a reply and see what shows or right-click on it and look to see, does the email address match the company? Like I said, that's about 90% of it. Now, some have gotten to the point where they can, what's called spoof the email to make it look like it's coming from the company. Okay. All right. Just because it matches, stop. That's just one thing. All right. Like I said, that's probably 10% of comp- of phishing that will be able to spoof that. However, the next thing you do, if there's a link to go to your account, do not follow it. Don't. And, and I'll come back to that. Next thing to look for. Are they telling you that if you don't do something in 24 or 48 hours, your account will be locked? Is there a threat or are they taking something away to make you scared? Your bank won't do that. All right. So, and then look for misspellings. Look for things that just don't look right that might take away that it's not an official email. All right. So go through, number one, check the email. Number two, what are they asking you to do? Is there a threat of losing something? does the logo match are there misspellings look at the email and evaluate it and you may even want to pull up an older email from a company if if you're still not sure go look at some of your old emails that are legitimate that you can compare to now have you ever received anything from this company have you it, for example i you know ebay i do some stuff on ebay and every once in a while i'll get something claiming uh, you know something's wrong Here's what I'll do I'll go to eBay and log in directly. Never ever follow the link in that email. And this is just a good practice to do. You go to the company website that you know is legitimate where you have an account because once you log in, there will be a notification if there's a problem. So never follow the link in the email. If you are suspicious or you just want to check, go directly to the site. So those are just the list of things to do as you evaluate these messages. Uh, Don't ever follow the instructions in something you think is
0: suspicious. Okay. Okay, Matt. I think you have uh, told everything well. Now, beyond this, what can we do? Okay, I will not look at my email. I will not fall for phishing. But then internet is a big big world mm-hmm. and you go to uh, you know you got you don't go for fishing but you actually go for swimming and in that big bad world you might get caught in another sort of fish you mm-hmm. know fishing uh, uh, fishing somebody is fishing for you in terms of your security can get compromised your your uh, your identity can get compromised as you said ad trackers are there so many of them want to want to know you, want to get into your eyes or wherever, but you are sometimes their product. You are the product. They want your eyeballs. Right, right. Okay. So how does that go beyond that? And that is, I guess, uh, a bigger threat if you look at it in a different manner. Because uh, there it is about the, the scamsters may look for some money or some identity. But here your whole existence uh, is is exposed Online if you are not careful. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of things
1: I do. Number one, I start in my home. Uh, I I have children. And one of the first lessons they received when they started online is I showed them what phishing emails look like. Um, But then also we run into some things. So the computer, my children had a computer that they were to use. They weren't to use any other computer, use this one. It was an old laptop. Uh, And about every three months it was infected with malware. Because they would look for pictures, they would look for things, and sometimes for school, and usually doing image searches or, um, and some searches, they would go to sites that infected malware. So, right. even though I trained them on how to look for things, it still happened. And so, it, but the nice thing was, it was on a laptop that I would just delete, start over. Um, and and so it, it's very much when dealing with your family with children the best practice and 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 you know it's it's to your means and if you can do this set up a small computer a laptop and just be ready to delete everything and start over have have a friend help you if you don't know what to do but in this way what we're doing is we're we're creating like a a toy Access to the internet. They're gonna so, make mistakes.
0: Okay. What, it, sorry, sorry, What do you mean by delete everything? Is it something like reset, or is it like what? What exactly does that
1: mean? It, I completely uh, erase the hard drive and start the okay. operating system all over again. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's and it's. I just. I'm prepared to do that because. And and they've learned over the time. I've told them, this is what did it. You did this and this created this. And now it's why it's <laughs> so slow. Um, and, and now I've got to wipe the computer and start over clean. And then I made them sit with me to see, here's how I fix this. Uh, but we're losing everything that was there. So all those things you downloaded, that game you put on, it's all deleted because you weren't you weren't safe and how you went about it. So that's where it starts, is we need to educate, number one, our children, our, our regardless of the age, because they're just as susceptible. In fact, they're probably more susceptible. Um, and then we need to educate all those within our home, anyone who's getting anything. So my mother, if she receives anything questionable, she takes a screenshot and she sends it to me. And <laughs> I tell yeah. her, yes, that's legitimate. No, that's not. And so... And and so part of that is we have to, number one, take personal responsibility for what happens in our home, with our family. We need to help educate them because I have said that the Internet is one of the most dangerous places on Earth. And we need to be protective of our families and what they see and what they do, because if one of your computers on your network gets infected, it's going to spread. Then from a business standpoint, we need to have regular digital literacy uh, days within a business, like once every three months, alerting employees to here are the phishing scams. Here's what's going around right now. Here's what you need to think about. So it needs to be something that is uh, at the forefront of our thinking in organizations. It can't just be a one-time training. It has to be continually. And when, when phishing is received, let your IT staff know let them know i received this maybe there's something they need to do with spam settings or with other settings but they need to be aware that something is going around and warn the company um i think uh i'm i'm trying to think which company it was but they did a test a phishing test and i believe 30% of employees fell for it that is unacceptable that is If it were a legitimate phishing operation, they would have lost that business. They would have lost everything. So this needs to be part of your corporate culture is making people aware of phishing and how to spot it.
0: Right, Matt. Right. Now, in terms of, you see, we nowadays use social media so much. And social media is one place and also uh, professional sites like, you know, like LinkedIn. Uh, we use them so much that in other cases, they have to come seek information about you. In these places, you go and prefer all the information that you, are, uh, the, that you have, your personal information, as much as your real birthday, Because they insist on that. And many people do go and share about share this. Because sometimes they say, okay, you have to put it because we'll send you money. So many are creators podcasters like me so they you have to fill the right details otherwise they will not send later on in verification it may not yeah. work and many of these things get hacked at occasions several times we keep on getting that thing your bank may not get hacked as easily but this keep on happening how does one do that can they give wrong information or, or say, not incorrect information just to save themselves in case, that, how does it work? What else they can do to save themselves from things dangerous than phishing, where you lose almost everything? So I'll tell
1: you what I do is I set up a separate account for anything. So, um, you, you know, any, any social network that I'm a part of where I'm getting payments, um, you know, well, like eBay. Um, I went and set up a separate account just for eBay. So any of my personal, my business is com- kept completely separate from anything I'm doing there. That's one way of protecting yourself uh, is having something and keeping things separate. I can't say that enough. Number two is is when you're filling out profiles and when you're adding this data, be, again, suspicious be conservative. What do people really need to know if I'm filling out a public profile? What do I really, what needs to be there? Then when I'm filling out content for the, the social media channel or something like that, again, what needs to be there? What should I have? And, and so think about this because what you're doing, and, and if you've ever read terms of service of any of these companies, they're trying to get as much data and information as possible about you. And exactly. so be aware that anything you turn over is now theirs. They've got it. And so uh, there are some networks I trust more than others. Uh, but also I, I change my passwords frequently because uh, invariably records are going to be compromised. And now you, you may... Some browsers are helping out by letting you know which passwords have been compromised or if your passwords are more than a year old and it will it will prompt you to do that. Uh, you can also get some password programs specifically uh, that lock down your passwords and uh, will refresh and update. And so you only need to know one password. Everything else gets kept. And so I think more and more, those types of services are going to be critical moving forward. Okay. Okay, man.
0: Now... Uh, you have taken all precautions, but the unfortunate thing happens. Two scenarios. One is in your email, you have clicked on some something. And then you have gone there. You have given all the details or almost given the details. Then something worked. You did not. You came back. What is the danger? Or suppose if you have given all the details, but you just now can only wait. Some nothing happens. But you lose your sleep. What do you do in that sense? Second is, if you are say, uh, what do you do with your computer? What do you do that? And second thing is that if any of the social media network or any other place that you have access, like your eBay, and their account gets, you know, they they their uh, as it happens, the uh, their account uh, system gets vulnerable and they keep on sending that uh, please change your password but is that enough what more should you do should wow. you do the take the same steps uh, <laughs> what should you change computer should you reset it what do you do with your data what do you will do in both the scenarios uh, what should you do do you just you dump the laptop into another a, a river and then get a new laptop what does a common man do <laughs>
1: Oh, great question. So first thing, if if I if I realize, wait a minute, I clicked on a link in an email and I added my info and maybe I shouldn't have done that. First thing is go to the website. So go to the website, log in. If you can't log in. Now we know we have a problem because they have already grabbed your information. They've already logged in. And now that account belongs to them. Now it's going to be, you can contact customer service, let them know that you've been a victim of a phishing scam. You don't have access to your account. Now, and the problem is now you have to prove that you're the owner. And so they're going to ask for identification. They're going to ask for verification. The problem is, is, is you know, and this happens on YouTube accounts. It happens in social media. It happens with so many things that somehow people have had their account hacked and as soon as that password changes, they're the owner. And to go through the process to claim that ownership back can sometimes take days, weeks, or even months. And so that's that's one thing. You're going to have to go through that process. Um, now, second thing, if my computer gets infected. Now, this was interesting. I'll, I'll give a few examples. Um so for quite a while I used a Mac computer and it was interesting how once I did fall for a phishing scam and it tried to install software but because I was using a Mac it didn't work. It was designed for Windows which okay. m- the majority of people have a Windows computer and so a lot of times this these malware programs are built for the greatest majority of of programs. So fortunately because I used a Mac it didn't work. Now, it doesn't I'm not saying that a Mac is always going to protect you. <laughs> I'm just saying now there are malware now that's made specifically for Macs. So, watch out. Another thing you can do is your browser choice. And there are more and more browsers being developed with security in mind that will that will alert you that this mm-hmm. looks like a phishing site. And so, your choice of browser I I will say this: I am not a fan of Chrome because Chrome is a Google product, and the whole purpose of Google is to is advertising. It's where they make their money, and so yeah. having Chrome browsers, you are plugged directly into the biggest advertiser in the world and giving them right. information. So I like some of the smaller browsers. I like Brave. I like uh, you know I I like Firefox. I, I like some of these others that are small. They're nimble and they protect you. There are a lot more protections built in for the consumer in those browsers, and then also I have uh, I use a program called Malwarebytes, B Y T E S, and so that is running constantly on all of my computers. Uh, It scans my computer to see if there's anything there, and it also scans any files that I download to ensure that there's no malware. So between Malware protection. Um, Windows is getting better in f- adding a firewall, adding protection, and notifying you if you're going to any sites that are potential phishing sites. So make sure your make sure your operating system is updated to the latest version. Make sure that uh, you have some level of browser or malware protection and that everything is updated. That's part of it. Same thing with your phone. Make sure your latest operating system is updated. And those are things that will help protect you. The further you go without updates, you're going to get hurt Uh, because a lot of these things, a lot of these exploits are built on people not updating their operating system or opt, uh, updating their uh, their protection. Uh, it, it's built for that because they know that they can get in easier.
0: Right. And and if some other company, like uh, so many uh, of these incidences happen, that their uh, server or data has been uh, compromised of which you are also a part of your member of, and you are not sure what has happened, should <laughs> you do beyond changing your password? Because that's the you know, templated sort of thing that they send, maybe whenever it happens, Uh, but is it enough? What do you do? Uh, Do you, every time you go for resetting your uh, laptop computer, (laughs) does that work? How does it work?
1: I I used to do it a lot more, uh, probably about uh, 10 years ago, uh, because getting rid of things was very, very difficult. Now, some of the malware programs have been able to catch up with that. So I've not done it nearly as frequently. so and, and part of that too is I'm also educating my my children are a little more grown right. now so they're not falling for things. Um they they're able to to do that now when it does happen. Sometimes there's a uh, software out there to help clean your computer. Um th- those are some things you'll need to do now if if you've been hit by malware and I still run into people that they've been hit, they don't know what to do and yeah, that may take a full wipe of your hard drive and reinstall the operating system what you can do to protect yourself is if you have a backup uh whether it's something internal to your home but especially if you're in a business you have to have your data backed up and backed up in numerous places so backed up off-site backed up with numerous versions because if malware gets in there or uh You know, anything that's going to ransomware that gets in there and they wipe everything. What do you have to go back to? Where is it? And how, uh, when was that last update? Uh, I know of a company that got hit with ransomware and unfortunately their crisis plan for when that happened was kept on their servers. And so as a result, no one had access to the crisis plan. No one knew where the backup was. No one had the passwords because it was all on the crisis plan, which was on the server. So the lesson they learned was we need to have a different backup off-site and we need to have it in print. And where will that print be held? Because what happens if there's a fire in the office? We lose that. Uh, so we, you know, so it, it's companies that go, companies that get caught get very wise very quickly.
0: Right, right. Uh, my last question—I know it's a very basic question. Nowadays, a lot of companies are giving you know, instead of hard drive, you have SSDs now, solid state drives. I'm not a computer guy at all. I'm just asking whatever I've learned a bit here and there, okay? So, a lot many times when you are buying a new computer or you are changing to SSD, then uh, some opinion is that you use just that SSD and then there is no other thing, just a C drive and use it and uh, it won't crash like the earlier drives. (laughs) What is your uh, view on this? What, What is your understanding? What would you advise to a layman who is using a laptop with a SSD, Mm -hmm. or, you know, very few, some, some have two drives or something like that. But what is your general uh, advice for protection in terms of all this uh, malware and all that stuff?
1: Uh, So, yeah, I, well, I'm talking to you with a computer that has an SSD, but I'm also on Microsoft Office. And so the vast majority of my data is on my OneDrive. Uh, That's where I keep all my files. That's where I keep everything. I, I also use a combination of OneDrive and Dropbox. Uh, And then I also have a I'm a small business, so I do have a server with solid state drives in it. And so everything is backed up. We use that. It's also an internal cloud. We can also access it while we're on the road. Uh, There's a lot you can do. But yes, I don't trust uh, a digital drive. I want to. And it's just everything needs to be backed up when everything when anything's digital everything has to be backed up somewhere and in some format that you can access it.
0: Right. So they cannot, they, then they can demand ransom, but they won't get it because you have the data with you and then you can take other steps. Okay. Absolutely. So they keep, right. And then they can keep on writing emails in their bad word, b- bad language or, you know, with lots of spelling mistakes. And then, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great discussion. Great discussion, Matt. And so much of information you shared and, there is so much we can continue to learn from you, You just like, you know, people from universities are learning, from all these companies are learning. But, you know, a lot of businesses, a lot of small businesses would like to connect with you and learn for themselves what best they can do and for, for their employees also, which you do so diligently day in and day out. So how do people connect with you? Thank you so much for that. Uh, You can contact with me,
1: number one, on my website, and that is sitelogic.com. And that is S-I-T-E, like website, Uh, sitelogic.com. From there, you can access my learning site. Uh, I have a a training site for digital marketing. Uh, That's at learn.sitelogic.com. From there, uh, from SiteLogic, you can also uh, download episodes or subscribe to my podcast as well. And that's called the Endless Coffee Cup, where we talk about marketing and culture. Uh, but as you mentioned, LinkedIn, I'm also on LinkedIn as Matt Bailey, SiteLogic. Thank you.
0: Right, right. And in fact, as you, you already mentioned about your podcast, so people, where, where can they access your podcast? Because everything is so much of learning from, from you. It's, <laughs> it's a whole life spent on digital marketing training. And then you're also an author. I'll also ask your book after this.
1: Uh, they any uh, major podcast service. Uh, you can subscribe to Endless Coffee Cup, uh, or go to the website and you can listen to episodes there as well.
0: Yes, because on digital marketing, see, marketing because I had to stick to one topic, but then there is huge number of insights from you on digital marketing, and and so much people can learn, businesses can learn so much from you. Uh, only a few are able to take uh, take your services because. You can only spend as much time that you have. But yes, online is a different matter if they can connect with you and book you in advance. So that is one part. In fact, so much of your knowledge is also in your three books that you have written. If you can tell about that, what people can get from that and where to buy those books.
1: All right. Well, all three of the books are on Amazon. Uh, The first one is Internet Marketing, An Hour a Day. Now, that book is, I would say it's about 50% out of date uh, because it was written about 10 years ago, um, uh, at least 10 years ago. Uh, But it covers all the major disciplines of marketing online. Uh, The next book is, uh, let me think, Wired to Be be Wound. Yes. Now, that one is about... How do you want to use digital in your business or in your branding? So it helps people think about the strategy. How do you decide which channel you're going to use? How, what kind of content you're going to produce? And how do you identify and study an audience to make sure that you're bringing them the message they want? The next book is Teach New Dogs Old Tricks. And that book was because when I was very young, I went through sales training. And believe it or not, that sales training has influenced my success online. There's a lot of principles and a lot of lessons from sales training that work online because you're persuading people. And that is a skill that has been around for thousands of years. And so uh, and then also coming out uh, early next year. I co-authored a book, uh, The Definitive Guide to Online Marketing, uh, and it is a test prep book for the OMCA Online Marketing
0: Certification. Wonderful, wonderful. So when that comes out, we will surely talk about that. All right. Just, Sounds great. That will be, yeah, that will be great to talk about. And then we can talk more about business and digital marketing and all that stuff that your book entails. Okay. So thank very you very great. much. Uh, Matt, for all the insights, all the information, all the knowledge and obviously people can then also connect with you and take as much from you in terms of your knowledge, in terms of your podcast and in terms of all the books three books and then one more to come. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed.
1: Thank you.